Welcome to today's episode of the Dr. Ward Bond Show. Before we get started, please remember to head over to iTunes after the show and give us a five-star rating and a quick review. I want to thank you ahead of time for making our show great, and I also encourage you to check out my show page at drwardbond.com. Now, on with today's show. Well, ladies, today's program is for you, and we're talking menopause. And I must say, women really have it rough in life. Once your period starts, you deal with it monthly for the next 40 years. Then you move into a stage of perimenopause, which can begin around the age of 40, which sucks because most women don't recognize the signs and symptoms. And then they go into menopause, which should only last a couple of years. Instead, medical science has seemed to lengthen it to the end of your life with hormonal replacement therapy. I had a friend of mine in her 70s who was still having uh, problems of spotting simply due to the HRT therapy. Now, throw in childbirth, and then you pretty much have hormonal discomfort uh, issues much of your entire life. For some women, I know some of you have no hormonal issues at all. And I guess us men, well, we really need to show uh, all of you ladies out there more compassion, and I'm sure that I won't get any complaints from you uh, when it comes to that. So as men, we need to be more compassionate, more merciful towards women with hormonal issues because, look, it's not their fault. It's just the way hormones can be. So today, I want you to understand what menopause is, what you can do for it naturally to make that transition a lot easier and to help you have energy and vitality and improved mood and not disruptful sleep. So we have to look at multiple areas of the human body, which I want to go through today. So let's do a little lesson on menopause. So it's not a disease. It's not an illness. It's just simply a transition between two phases of a woman's life. Menopause occurs when a woman permanently stops menstruating. That means no longer having periods, meaning you aren't buying tampons anymore. And I think I just heard a course of hallelujahs out there for those who are no longer having to go and buy those things each and every month. But I'm only joking. I understand that uh, there's perimenopause and menopause, which we're going to cover. Hormonal issues is not a laughing matter. I will be doing a future episode on things such as endometriosis and PMS and uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So we're going to cover those issues as well on this program. So let's look at menopause. So many women experience a variety of symptoms as a result of the hormonal changes associated with the transition through menopause. And around the time of menopause, women often lose bone density and their cholesterol may actually worsen, increasing the risk of heart disease. Now, menopause is more likely to occur at a slightly earlier age in women who smoke, who have never been pregnant, or live at high altitudes. So if you're a mountain woman, you're probably going to menopause earlier. Go figure. But if premature menopause occurs, a healthcare provider will check for other medical problems. So about 1% of women experience premature menopause. That usually means before the age of 40, that would be considered premenopause. Uh, uh, now let's look at the different stages. Perimenopause, and this is the section of the show I really want you to concentrate on if you are in your late 30s, very early 40s, to mid 40s because this is something that you really need to need to know now so you can start seeing and understanding the changes that your body is going through so perimenopause the hormonal changes associated with menopause actually begin prior to the last menstrual period during a three to five year period called perimenopause now during this transition women may begin to experience menopausal symptoms and may lose bone density 
and even though they are still having monthly cycles. Now, perimenopause, now here's, here's the deal you need to hear. Perimenopause begins around the age of 40 to 41, and the transition is quite unusual that even doctors never explain it to women. So I'm going to explain it to you now. If you have your ovaries around the age of 40, the hormone production starts to shift to the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands are two little glands. One sits on each at the top of your kidneys. And the and adrenals help to produce other types of, of hormones. But your hormonal production is going to go from your ovaries to your adrenals. So we want to focus on adrenal health when it comes to perimenopause and menopause. So this change is so small over time that women can never figure out why certain things start to change and they feel different. Now perimenopause lasts up until menopause, the point when the ovaries stop releasing eggs. So in the last one to two years of perimenopause, this drop in estrogen speeds up. At this stage, many women have menopausal symptoms. Now the bad news, and this really sucks, the average length of perimenopause is four years. But for some women, this stage may last only a few months or continue for 10 years. Now, perimenopause ends when a woman has gone 12 months without having her period. So here are some of the symptoms you want to be looking for when you reach the age of 40 and beyond. Hot flashes. They could be minor or they could be really bad. If you've ever had your tubes tied, then you can actually go into perimenopause or menopause sooner. Instead of hitting it at the age of 50, you may actually go into menopause at the age of around 45. So keep that in mind. Uh, breast tenderness, worse menstrual, uh, more, worse PMS, lower sex drive, fatigue, irregular periods, vaginal dryness, discomfort during sex, urine leakage when coughing or sneezing, possibly even laughing, uh, urinary urgency, uh, mood swings, that's a big one, and trouble sleeping. And for some, when I say mood swings, it also could be signs of minor depression. So you need to focus on your hormonal health and also focus on your gut health because gut health has a lot to do with our mental health. So a lot of, some women have asked me, are, pre, are perimenopausal symptoms normal are something to be concerned about. Well, irregular periods are common and normal during perimenopause, but other conditions may cause changes in menstrual bleeding. So if any of the following situations I'm going to list apply to you, please see your doctor to rule out any of the causes. Are your periods very heavy? Or do, do you have blood clots? Uh, your periods last several days longer than usual. You spot between periods. You have spotting after sex. Your periods happen closer together. If any of those things apply to you, see your doctor and make sure that everything is okay. Now let's bring up surgical menopause real quick. Now surgical menopause is the removal of the ovaries. So that could be a partial hysterectomy or a total hysterectomy, removing the ovaries and the uterus. Uh, so this actually puts you instantly into menopause and then the doctor or your OBGYN puts you on some type of hormonal therapy to help you. But keep in mind, even if you've had a partial or a complete hysterectomy, we need to focus on adrenal health. Now the adrenals need more strength. They need more support because they too are going to be playing that hormonal role uh, that they didn't see coming 
uh, so soon if you've had a complete or partial hysterectomy. So let's get back and get back to menopause because what I'm going to do, I'm also going to cover nutrients uh, in today's show that will help many of you ladies out there who are showing signs of perimenopause and or some of you that may be in full-blown menopause. Maybe you've been on hormonal replacement therapy and that's not working for you. I'm going to kind of give you some remedies in that area as well and to, to look at as well. And I'll touch lightly on bioidentical hormones and tell you that there needs to be big improvement in that type of therapy. So menopause occurs when a woman's ovaries uh, run out of functioning eggs. So at the time of birth, most females have about one to three million eggs, which are gradually lost throughout a woman's lifetime. So by the time a girl's first menstrual period, she has an average of about 400,000 eggs. And by the time of menopause, a woman may have fewer than 10,000 eggs. So a small percentage of those eggs are lost through normal ovulation, the monthly cycle, and most eggs die off through a process called atresia. So normally, FSH, this is the follicle-stimulating hormone, a reproductive hormone. This is a substance responsible for the growth of ovarian follicles, the eggs, during the first half of a woman's menstrual cycle. So as menopause approaches, the remaining eggs become more resistant to FSH and the ovaries dramatically reduce the production of the hormone estrogen. Now, estrogen affects many parts of the body, and I'm going to also show you some nutrients to improve estrogen metabolism and to remove excess estrogen that ends up in your body from outside environmental sources. We have to keep that in mind. So estrogen uh, needs to uh, be in check. We need to prevent estrogen from going down the wrong path, creating hormonal cancers. And I want to show you some things out there that you can use now to reduce your risk for hormonal uh, cancers. So estrogen affects many parts of the body, blood vessels, heart, bone, breast, uterus, urinary system, skin, brain. Think about all those parts of the body. And when your body starts to change, you're going to see or feel changes in those areas. A loss of estrogen is believed to be the cause of many of the symptoms associated with menopause. We all know that at this time of menopause, the ovaries also decrease their production of testosterone. This is a hormone involved in the libido or sex drive. Testosterone can also help build bones as well. So let me do a little teaching on testosterone in the areas of women versus men. Testosterone makes a guy a guy, okay? Then estrogen basically makes a woman a woman, but a woman also needs testosterone because it's responsible for sex drive and, and other areas of the body. But there's a difference how the body uh, uses testosterone between man versus woman. In a man, if our testosterones get too high, uh, we can show agitation and anger and irritability, but we can also show the same thing with low testosterone. But in a man, if the testosterone levels get too high, let's say uh, for a, a bodybuilder starts doing steroids to increase the testosterone levels, and they get really high and they get really angry and become, you know, like like the angry Hulk then the body is going to start taking that excess testosterone and converting it into estrogen. So a lot of uh, athletes, I should say professional bodybuilders that do steroids, they're taking things that prevent that conversion to keep the testosterone levels uh, continue to climb. And women, if you add testosterone to a woman, you could actually add, keep adding testosterone in a woman and the levels never convert to estrogen. 
they stay as testosterone so a woman may actually start showing hair growth in areas that she does not want uh, she may have a deepening of the voice uh, it does it's one of the reasons why guys can burn fat faster than a woman is because of testosterone so testosterone plays a big role in a lot of areas number one for both sexes it's uh, responsible for sex drive uh, this is why that uh, in the areas of hormonal replacement therapy more doctors or OBGYNs are adding a little bit more testosterone to that therapy to help the woman improve sexual desire and sexual function. So that's the reason why it's there. Okay, let's go through some of those symptoms that I mentioned before, such as hot flashes. This is the big number one complaint, the most common symptom of menopause. Uh, hot flashes occur in as much as 75% of perimenopausal women. This is You're going to have hot flashes you know, every now and then, way before menopause hits. So hot flash symptoms, symptoms again, will, will vary. Uh, commonly, hot flashes may begin with a feeling of nausea or a headache, followed by a wave of heat, flushed skin, heart palpitations. Um, hot flashes will increase skin temperature and pulse, and they often cause insomnia and sleeplessness. Here's another thing about hot flashes. They can be so minor, and I'm going to talk to all of you Husbands and wives out there who battle over the thermostat at home. You know, the, the woman keeps turning the AC down, making it colder. And the man gets up and is like trying to turn it up to save on the electric bill or say, hey, it's too cold in here. Well, it's because the hormonal changes is creating more heat in the woman. So she feels that it's hot in the room when it may not be. I mean, she, it could be 68 degrees in your home and she's feeling hot. And us guys are not. We're, we're grabbing a, a jacket to, to wear around the house. So you have to remember, guys, to be more compassionate and understand that her temperatures are also changing as well. And get this, ladies, with estrogen levels dropping in menopause and women that go on hormonal replacement therapy, and I mentioned this the other day when I talked about hypothyroidism, be aware that increases in estrogen will slow down your thyroid and lead to a hypothyroid condition. By using things like progesterone, which I'll, we'll talk about here in a few minutes, progesterone improves thyroid function, improves metabolism. So there's this big balance in this fight in the endocrine system between estrogen, progesterone, your adrenal health, and your thyroid health. It gets more confusing as we talk about it, but we need, we're going to cover all of those areas. Okay, so if you're also watching today, notice other things or changes in your body, such as urinary incontinence or burning on urination. Now, if you have burning on urination, go to the doctor and make sure that you do not have a UTI. Uh, you could also take cranberry extracts on a daily basis. There's nothing wrong with that. You can take it every day. There's antioxidant properties. It also prevents UTIs and treats UTIs. It's probably one of the strongest natural substances out there. Now, if you have a problem with urinary incontinence, uh, you're, you're going to frequently. There's an herb called butterbur that actually helps urinary incontinence and works very, very well. Uh, some who want to strengthen their bladder, uh, a lot of ladies who given birth naturally uh, may have a weakened bladder state. Uh, I hear a lot of ladies tell me that. A look at sage extract. Sage is an herb that actually helps to strengthen the bladder. Remember, the bladder is two things. It's a holding tank, and it's also a muscle. 
So you've got to treat it two ways. So sage works both ways in that area. Butter burr can work as well. Vaginal changes. Let's talk about that for a moment. Not to embarrass anybody, but vaginal changes happen. Estrogen affects I like to the thank vaginal you for listening to today's show. Perimenopausal for women, more episodes or to stay up to date with all of our show content, remember to subscribe. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help spread changes. the word about the program. Uh, when it comes for to even the more information and free content, visit my uh, show page at drwardbond.com. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Ward Bond Show. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. They're getting older, the breasts are changing shape, and maybe losing their firmness and sagging a bit so they want to kind of get a lift or maybe an implant done. Uh, this is also due to the fact that going through menopause thins the skin and may actually increase bone loss. So rapid bone loss is common among among perimenopausal women. Uh, so I, I encourage everyone to start exercising. Lift weights. There are more and more women lifting weights, doing free weights or are doing resistance machines at the gym, or maybe you want to do resistance bands at home. Any type of resistance exercise helps to build healthy bones in both men and women. So when you get over 40, really think about that. I know a lot of women who are really fit later on in life, they ha they show no bone loss whatsoever. So here's the thing about uh, reaching your peak bone density. Uh, you reach that peak around the age of 25 to 30. So after you get the, after the age of 30, you really want to start exercising. Bone loss averages about 0.13% per year. Uh, during perimenopause, bone loss accelerates to about 3% loss per year. And I'm going to get into some of the nutrients that you need to focus on, and it's more than just calcium magnesium. Okay, so later on in life, then that bone loss drops off to another 2%. No pain is usually associated with bone loss. However, bone loss definitely will cause osteoporosis, so we want to treat it now. Now, I personally don't buy into the whole hormonal replacement therapy idea of taking synthetic hormones to save your bones or reversing heart disease. That study was proven false just a few years ago. So when it comes to bone health, yes, calcium, 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams. They believe menopausal women should be 1,500 milligrams of calcium a day. Take magnesium. You can almost take more magnesium than you do calcium because 70 to 80% of the United States population is deficient in magnesium. Magnesium is the mineral that is the catalyst for all the other minerals and nutrients. Get this. If you're low magnesium, you can't absorb vitamin D. If you're low magnesium, your calcium won't be absorbed effectively. But you also need to add, of course, the vitamin D3. Uh, 5,000 units a day is a great dose. The body uses about 4,600 international units a day. Uh, I saw a study on the uh, vitamin D3 test that you could have at your doctor. There's a lot of fight over that. I've talked to medical doctors who say that uh, test is a bunch of crap. From the research I've read, it looks like that it is a bunch of crap. Uh, for those of you who have actually done vitamin D3 and you tell your doctor, why do you keep telling me my vitamin D3 is low? I end up taking 5,000 to 10,000 units a day. Why are you telling me it's low? It kind of proves to me that that test needs to be uh, reconfigured because I don't get it either. I've done D3 tests. I take it every single day and they keep telling me mine's low. Makes no sense at all. 
but hey, I take magnesium every single day and so should you. Number one, when it comes to bone health, isn't just magnesium or calcium or D3, but it's also vitamin K2. Vitamin K2, this is very important for all menopausal women out there and all of us, that when you take K2, you're going to flip the switch to make sure the calcium enters the bone and not your arteries. That's why they call it hardening of the arteries when you get older, because you're not producing K2. Vitamin K is actually produced in the gut if you have healthy gut bacteria. Take a probiotic every single day. Eat fermented foods. Uh, eat things like kimchi, uh, sauerkraut. Uh, keep those foods in mind. If you have been on antibiotics and birth control pills your whole life, you need to rebuild your gut health to start rebuilding the manufacturing process for vitamin K. But you can take vitamin K2 as a supplement. It'll flip the switch. And here's the cool thing about K2. It will actually move the calcium that's already in your arteries and other places of soft tissue and move it back into the bone where it belongs. So there is a reversal process of hardening of the arteries just by taking K2. I also suggest uh, fish oil and lecithin uh, if you have problems with uh, cardiovascular disease. Collagen. The big rage right now is taking collagen. 90% of your bones is collagen. If you're not taking collagen, your bones are not getting everything that it needs. So if you're going through perimenopause, menopause, or simply, regardless what age you are, you can take collagen every single day for healthy connective tissue. Uh, I could, I'll, I'll be teaching a whole program on the benefits of collagen here in the future. Okay, back to menopause. And I'll, let's cover a little bit of the heart, uh, the cardiovascular risk here. So when your hormone levels change, uh, and decreases with age, cholesterol profiles seem to change at the time of menopause. Total cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, that's your bad cholesterol, they increase. Increases in LDL cholesterol are associated with the risk of heart disease. We want to keep those things down. One of the things you want to look at is, like I said, lecithin, fish oil. Uh, take things like uh, bergamot. Those things are very helpful in the areas of cardiovascular disease. Uh, they help to reduce the LDL, reduce high triglycerides, and increase the HDL, and also normalize and improve your A1C. So keep that in mind. Your your cardio doctor will love you the next time you go back if you take those types of nutrients. Uh, you will actually see a huge difference in your numbers just in six weeks just by taking less sunflower lecithin, fish oil. I suggest Carlson Labs the purest on the market, uh, take a bergamot. I know that uh, Herbal Ultra has a bergamonte uh, product that a lot of people are using for cardiovascular health. Uh, it works. I've seen the uh, decreases in numbers across the board for both men and women. Okay, menopause, weight gain. Yeah, weight gain's a big problem. Three-year study of women nearing menopause found that an average gain of five pounds during the first three years, uh, hormonal changes and aging are both possible factors in the weight gain. But this makes the problem worse is the fact that hormonal replacement therapy is known to cause weight gain. Remember, ranchers use estrogen to fatten up cows and the same estrogen will fatten you up as well. So if you're overweight, you will store up that estrogen more readily into your fat cells. So it's always good to keep your weight normal or to lose, or to lose weight because if you're overweight, you're actually storing up estrogen that needs to be detoxed out. And I'm going to cover that little uh, tidbit here in a moment. Uh, so what I well, so here, let's get into the nutrients because I want to get into that whole weight thing. So let's just cover the weight thing first. 
start taking a nutrient called calcium deglucurate, which removes excess estrogen from the body. So let's say you're overweight and you, and you want to, to, to get rid of that excess weight. You've most likely stored up extra estrogen, and that extra estrogen has to be detoxed out. Using calcium deglucurate, I believe at about 200 milligrams twice a day, you don't need to take more than that. More doesn't do better. In this case, the clinical dose is 200 milligrams twice a day to help to bind the excess estrogen and remove it from the body. Even MD Anderson Cancer Hospital in Houston years ago did a study on calcium deglucurate and showed that it removed up to 23% of excess estrogen. Now think about this for a moment too when it comes to estrogen. You have plastics, white paper products, uh, containers that people use to microwave food in, you have, oh my gosh, the list goes on here uh, when it comes to, uh, oh, pesticides. Uh, pesticides in our food supply, all of these things are xenoestrogens, X-E-N-O. That means foreign estrogens entering our body that are going to disrupt and cause an imbalance in our makeup. That includes both women and men as well as children. So you want to eat as organic as possible. You want to find organic cleaners for your fruits and vegetables. Clean those as much as you can before you eat them to remove any residue. There may be some in there, but for you ladies and men, uh, both can take calcium deglucurate. I take calcium deglucurate to get rid of any excess estrogen that comes from the, the world we live in. So keep that in mind. Number one nutrient or herb for natural hormonal replacement therapy is maca root. Maca root works in every woman's body as well as a man, but in every woman's body on as a and treats him as an individual. Think about hormonal replacement therapy or bioidentical hormones. Not a lot of those treat a woman as an individual. I know that many of you use a bioidentical hormone therapy. Some of you like it, some of you complain about it because you it doesn't really have a, a mind of its own. So think about maca. Maca root is from the turnip family. It's grown in very high altitudes in Peru. Uh, if you ever find maca grown at low altitudes, it's total junk and you don't want that. You've got to have it grown at high altitude because that's where it gains all its nutrients from. But maca root contains plant alkaloids that know how to read your individual hormonal makeup. If you're low estrogen, it can balance estrogen. If you're low progesterone, it can balance progesterone. If you're low testosterone, it can balance testosterone. Maca knows how to read everybody. It knows how to read mine. It knows how to read yours on an individual basis. Here's the big kicker about maca root. It is perfect for women who have had a partial or complete hysterectomy because remember, I said earlier in the program, if you've had a partial or complete hysterectomy and you had the ovaries removed, now all the hormonal production is coming from the adrenal glands. Maca strengthens the adrenal glands to help improve the health of the adrenals because it now knows it's responsible for your hormonal production. Maca, again, is the number one herb next to eleuthero root to strengthen your adrenals. Also look into vitamin C and panthenetic acid, which is vitamin B5, those strengthen the adrenal glands as well. Maca root increases your energy. In less than a week, you'll have more energy than you know what to do with. 
uh, high and very usable calcium for healthy bones. Think about that. There is more usable calcium in maca than there is in milk. So maca is extremely nutritious and has a very powerful uh, makeup of amino acids such as arginine, which also works in the areas of fertility, also for your immune system. Uh, maca will normalize your hormonal function across the board. Uh, perfect for those, again, who have had a hysterectomy. Take a teaspoon a day. Uh, there's capsules available. When you open up the container, it'll smell, wow, what is this? Well, it's a, from the turnip family. Uh, it tastes like it smells. So, But you can mix it with juice. You could put it in a a fruit or vegetable smoothie in the morning. Just put a teaspoon every morning. Uh, try that for a week and see how you how you do. If you want to bump it up to two teaspoons a day, do that. You can't really overdose on maca because the Peruvian people use maca for all sorts of things. I mean, they make uh, smoothies out of it. They make cookies and bread and all sorts of things to receive the benefits of maca. Also, too, if any woman out there are man watching this and you're having a problem with infertility maca is the number one fertility herb to use because now it's going to correct the hormonal imbalances for men it increases the arginine content which is needed for sperm count and also is needed to help uh, form nitric oxide which is needed for erection for sexual function so maca works very well for both men and women. What I'm going to uh, suggest for you right now is um, that maca, I want you to be aware of something. When you take maca, make sure that uh, you're not getting too irritable. Okay, that's the only thing I want to tell you about on maca. Just make sure you don't get too irritable. Uh, your spouse or your partner may let you know right offhand, like, what's wrong with you? Why do you have a chip on your shoulder? What are you getting mad at me for? Well, sometimes maca can do that for some people, and sometimes it doesn't. So I just want you to be aware of that. But again, it's both it's great for both men and women. Okay, we want to add another nutrient called DIM, D-I-M. This is a nutrient from cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower. This actually improves your estrogen metabolism. It's found in a tablet or a capsule uh, at any natural health store. Now, it reduces the risk of hormonal cancers such as breast, uterine, and ovarian. Uh, so let me give you some properties of what DIM will do in the human body. Uh, DIM will help control or stop cancer cells from forming and spreading. This is according to uh, clinical research. Uh, also too, DIM may be effective in preventing breast or prostate cancer. Uh, they have done studies in the areas of viral infections or possibly preventing HPV. I think the studies are really early on that, but there's a possible help uh, with HPV there. Uh, also, uh, the thing is, is that HPV is responsible for cervical cancer and some forms of lung cancer, also oral cancer, uh, and has also been linked to anal cancer, cancer, which is not the same as rectal cancers two different things. DIM will help reduce the symptoms of HPV and possibly, they're still doing the research on this, stop the growth of the virus. Okay, with estrogen, DIM helps to restore a better ratio between your good estrogen and your bad estrogen. So this helps to encourage the production of a gentler estrogen and leads to better balance of natural estrogen in your body. Also, progesterone cream. 
I mentioned that progesterone improves hypothyroidism. So if you've gone on hormonal therapy after the age of 40, 45, 50, or 55, and all of a sudden you're thinking, why do I have hypothyroidism? Well, it's because estrogen can cause that. Progesterone does not. Now, I don't really recommend doing the prescribed progesterone because prescribed progesterone has a high uh, risk of blood clotting. So you need to be aware of that. There are many high-quality over-the-counter brands of progesterone cream. Follow the directions on the label. So by taking progesterone cream, you're going to reduce your hot flashes and vaginal dryness. You're going to improve your energy levels. You're going to improve your mood and your sleep. You're going to improve the skin where it's going to retain more moisture, won't be so dry or wrinkling and thinning. Uh, also works in the areas of preventing bone loss, increases your sex drive, and also fights weight gain. So those are the main nutrients that you want to use. And I know that there are so many other types of formulas out there, other herbs for uh, menopause. There's things like uh, red clover, which I think uh, is kind of stupid. Uh, black cohosh has been very effective for a lot of women. So uh, evening primrose oil, flaxseed oil. There's even the lignans from flax oil, a fiber source from flax that's been shown to be very good for uh, menopausal symptoms. Again, this uh, edition of Life Changing Wellness has been brought to you by Pure Essence Labs. I will show you the bottle one uh, again called Transitions. This is also a product for balancing uh, your hormones, improving your sleep, your mood, and strengthening the adrenal glands. Again, Pure Essence Labs does not contain any fillers whatsoever. So now what I would like to do is if you have a question for me, please email me at questions at drwardbond.com and I will be glad to answer your question or send me a subject you would like to hear on our daily live broadcast and uh, check out our podcast that I have at radiomd.com. Go to my website at Dr. Ward Bond for everything that we have from articles, you name it, it's there. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's show. For more episodes or to stay up to date with all of our show content, remember to subscribe. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help spread the word about the program. For even more information and free content, visit my show page at drwardbond.com. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Ward Bond Show. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right.